Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back, everybody, to The Dwell Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and we are with Whitney Lowe again. This is our last time with her. Um, Whitney, I'm so thankful for you coming on and just sharing your heart with us. Oh, thank you. I'm just honestly so honored to have been invited. So it's been a lot of fun. It has been really great. For those of you who haven't listened to the other two episodes, go back and listen if you get a chance um, just to kind of hear a little bit more about her personal story and just this idea of belief and unbelief. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about kind of practically what do we do with that? What are our strategies? How do we how do we struggle well with our unbelief? Um, and that is all stemming from our verse for this month from Mark 9, 24b, which is, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I feel like this is such a verse about inadequacy, about Jesus <laughs> meeting us in our inadequacy. Um, and last episode, we talked a lot about honesty and the value of being honest before the Lord. Tell, share with me a little bit, like, what do you do? And, and, and I feel like you, you have, you shared a lot about, you know, the importance of, of being honest with our unbelief. How do you practically like go through something that's hard and come out on the other side? Well, I think it's, it's super topical just for, you know, spring of 2020 has not been really yes. easy on anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I can't really think of many people who are like, I loved it. I just, I loved March. <laughs> Best um, ever. <laughs> staying at home. I mean, oh my gosh. Out. I right. wish. I mean, if I could just think about, you know, Netflix and relaxing all day, it would be fine. But then there's like the what if spiral. And I think that applies mm. So perfectly, just, you know, thinking about all the things that could go wrong and that what all of this could mean, because none of us know. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the thing that I came to dwell on, we, we didn't talk quite as much in the last episode about the passage specifically, um, but Mark, Mark 9 is talking about this dad, right, who he's got a really sick son who's possessed by a demon, and he approaches Jesus in just like desperation asking him if he can heal his son, right? And so I think that's kind of the main tone of the memory verse is just like the desperation that comes and we don't know what else to do. And that's a feeling I think we all can resonate with. Um, But the way he frames it, I think is important because what he says to Jesus is, but if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus responds by saying, if you are able all things can be done for the one who believes. And that's when the dad comes back with the memory mm. verse and says, I believe, help my unbelief. So all of it is framed by who we say that Jesus is, because none of the rest of it matters if we don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is and can do the things that he says he can do. So yeah. I think that's kind of been like the frame of mind of just like all of the rest of it can kind of fade away if you can really just set your eyes on who Jesus is and who he says he is and surrendering to that before trying to solve all of the world's problems. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think practically speaking, that's like, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about devotionals specifically Mm. is not because I think, you know, that's the deepest you ever need to go with the Bible or that's 
all you need to do to be a healthy Christian, but just because with that little dose of truth, maybe first thing in the morning, you mm-hmm. do, like you set yourself up to think of the world rightly, I think. I love that. I think that's awesome. Like, I, I feel like that's one of the things that we believe in with Dwell is like, mm-hmm. we're not a 360 page Bible study. We're not a commentary. You know, we're not some theological treatise, you know, we're just yeah. a daily reminder you know, this is who God is and he is there for you. And I I think you're right that when you, when you start your day like that, that's the way to go, man. Mm -hmm. That's important. The other thing that I thought was really interesting that I feel like the Lord kind of brought to mind in looking at this verse and the way that the, you know, again, the father initially framed it as if you're able to do anything, help us. Like, Mm. you know, he didn't necessarily know where he stood with Jesus, obviously. And then it kind of transformed to, I believe, help man belief. But if you look at other cases of desperation in the Bible, I think Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane is a really good example how Jesus is like begging God to take mm. something away from him if it's possible. Um, the difference is that what Jesus says is, this is coming from Matthew twenty six thirty nine, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. That is... I mean, it never occurred to me that those verses kind of talk to each other. But like both of these people are saying, God, if there's any, if you can do something about this, please do it. But Jesus, I think that last line, yet not what I want, but what you want. Acknowledging that God's way is the way that we want it. You know, like Mm. just saying, Lord, whatever your plan is, that's the best. And that's what I trust. And that's what we're going to do, even if it hurts me right now Mm. for the time being. Oh, I just, I love that. Yeah. One of the things that I think is interesting too about the verse is that it's, it gets worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like Jesus heals the kid who's having like a seizure basically. And then all of a sudden he's laying there flat dead mm-hmm. and everybody's mm-hmm. like, what, what just happened? You know, the demon might've left, but the kid is not alive. And Jesus tells him to get up. So I think sometimes, you know, we have to go to the very end of what is possible, even Mm -hmm. what is humanly possible and say, no, but with you, Lord, everything is possible. Um, Mm -hmm. And Jesus says everything is possible for the one who believes this idea that that, um, you know, it's not about the amount of belief that we have. It's who are we believing in? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think that's just a call sort of to circle back into the really, you know, practical, what do we do question. I think you have to decide again between the duality of I believe, but I need help believing, mm-hmm. like lean in to what it looks like to believe, like lean in to what is true about Jesus. I think that means if you're struggling with doubt, you have no choice but to immerse yourself in what Jesus says is true. So that's, again, why I just really believe that, like, even that little dose of scripture every day can be so powerful and so impactful and can, you know, stir your affections further for wanting to return to it later. I think the worst thing you can possibly do is, like, take a break. (laughs) I think that there's grace for that, but I Mm -hmm. don't think that it does very much for 
a really tired heart, the last thing you should be doing is taking a break from the mm. Bible. Um, and I, yeah, I think, I think maybe we live in a culture that wants to say like, don't put any pressure on yourself, rest and just, you know, self-care. And I think all of that is important, but I also feel it's a disservice to say, mm. yeah, just put everything that's true and important about reality over here continue to be formed by the world we're living in that doesn't really know which way is up right now and is panicking as much as you are and then hope that somehow you get rid of all the anxiety you have about what's going on and about you know if God is real (laughs) like if you want to ever have any hope of really coming to that conclusion that he's mighty to save I think you need to know who he is Um, So I think whatever you've got in you, whether it's like five minutes of reading through a psalm every morning or Mm. whether it's a more in-depth Bible study that somehow, you know, is life-giving to you, I think just not not leaving, not walking away from the Bible. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there that I think that sometimes our feelings can totally run amok. But we've got to be telling our feelings what is actually true. And if we're not in the word, we're not we're not actually using that the power of the word to ground us in what is actually true. So here's a thought too. Here here you have this father who comes to Jesus and says, I, I'm struggling with my unbelief. Is there a place for us confessing to other people when we're struggling with unbelief? And is that helpful? Are there safe people? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for me, I actually went through this weird season a couple of years ago where I would wake up at like two or three in the morning and I would have my heart racing. And the only thought in my brain would be like, is any of this real? Like, is God real? Like it was mm. so strange. And it was, I, I mean, in retrospect, like such a spiritual attack. Um, yeah. But at the time it just felt so silly to try to talk to someone else about that. Like I was almost making it into something it wasn't by doing that. Mm. Um, so I talked to my husband about it and I think even just that, like being able to receive prayer for it and being able to know that like, there's something more real than this. Again, I think that's why it's so important that we do hear stories about people who have come through things because if you don't, then like, where are you supposed to go when you need reassurance that, scripture is true and that Mm -hmm. God is good. Like, I Mm -hmm. I think we have to, and I think we have to figure out a way, um, as someone who is, you know, tangential to spaces of Christian leadership, like we have to find a way of opening up that space more Mm -hmm. effectively for people who are afraid that their doubt is like a death sentence, you know? I don't know what that looks like. And I think we're still kind of working through that, but that's Mm -hmm. the hard thing. You know, like if you have a a Christian leader stand on a stage and say, I really struggle with believing Mm -hmm. in God sometimes, or I really struggle to believe that God is good sometimes, then sometimes I think we feel like we're giving others license to doubt also Mm -hmm. when actually that's, that's maybe taking power that is only God's and that's maybe asserting control that we don't have over the spiritual status of another person. And maybe that's been a huge disservice to the church overall. I think you're right. I mean, I have just started reading, uh, there's a book out by Jenny Allen 
get out of your head. Yes. (laughs) Don't worry. I've already read it. (laughs) Have you? Oh my gosh. Just like the idea that when she was telling her publisher, like, Hey, this is what I want to write about next. They were like, no, 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 honey. That's not, don't write about that. And it's basically about a struggle that she had a very real struggle with belief. It was actually very similar to mine. I, that book kind of like wrecked me in a good way because I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a thing. Like a lot of us are dealing with these very real threats to I mean, ultimately, like everything we've built our life on when it comes to that little voice in the back of your head that maybe doesn't totally understand how God could be real in light of Mm. bad circumstances or suffering or whatever you're going through. And I just think even just seeing like, oh, my gosh, I went through the exact same thing completely by myself, didn't talk to anybody about it. But it seems like there might be a real attack taking place on a lot of people. Like even just knowing that strengthens my belief. Right. So that's such a good example Mm -hmm. of why we need to talk about this stuff. (laughs) Yes. I think so too, because it's, it's almost like to say that out loud to somebody is almost like the worst possible thing is Mm -hmm. to expose it and to be like, you know, like you just, you just feel like all the, the air gets sucked out of the room because somebody just said that they're struggling with doubt. When in reality, I've been in, my husband's been a pastor now for over 15 years Mm -hmm. and we have counseled with so many people. I have counseled with so many women who have struggled with their belief and I have never thought, oh, well, you know, what a terrible Christian, blah, 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 blah. You know, of course I'm like, I will pray for you. I know it's a battle and I can see it in the other person and say that this is an attack and Mm -hmm. this is these are the things that you can do. And I'm so glad you told me, and I'm going to be checking on you and praying for you and and those kinds of things. But why is it when it comes to myself and I'm struggling with doubt or with anxiety or whatever that I don't want to tell anybody. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is, is the trick of the devil, you know, is to keep it quiet, you know? Absolutely. I think I've just, I've kind of always been a little bit more intellectually oriented when it comes to faith. You know, I mm-hmm. really like to study and some of the more like charismatic ideas <laughs> were kind of intimidating to me just because, you know, if you're in biblical scholarship arenas, there are a lot of interesting conversations about, you know, spiritual attack and what that means. And even just that, it's so interesting that my studies into the Bible are often sources of doubt, but that's mm. maybe a different podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> But just recently being like, no, like if you have a faith that's powerful and if it's actually bringing about good in your life and if it's bringing about freedom for other people, then that is something that's worthy of attack. So we should be expecting doubt. We should be expecting it to be hard to believe what we believe in Mm. a fallen world. Mm -hmm. And we believe something crazy. So like as much as there's beauty in nature and there's beauty in the world around us and there are good in people. There's also like everything fallen around us Mm. is saying the opposite. So like, Mm. yeah, I think there's so much to just like, if you're not feeling doubt, maybe that's a bigger concern (laughs) than the people who just their whole lives have been like, no problem. It's all been easy. Like I, I just have to wonder if those people have presented a threat worth attacking to Mm. the darkness that we're ultimately up against. 
think you're right. I think that I think that there is um, there's some quote about how if you feel like if you never feel like you're being attacked, maybe it's because you're holding hands with the devil or something, mm, something mm-hmm. crazy like that. But just this sure. idea of when we are fully do like like honestly, when we moved to Chicago, which was this summer, we had so oh, wow. many different barriers that it almost got to the point where it was laughable. Like my husband and I would be like, hmm. yeah, I mean, Satan, whatever, of course. you know, like it just, it started <laughs> yeah. to feel unreal. Like how many different ridiculous things that would like our house sale fell through once are like, just like so many different things. And yet we felt so very clearly the confirmation of this is where God is calling us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes when, when we are walking very clearly in God's will for our lives and his calling that he's put on us that we should be aware and like ready, I think to, to deal with that, you know, to deal with the fact that that does not make the enemy happy. And we do have a very real enemy who is, you know, prowling about like a lion ready Mm -hmm. to attack us, you know? Well, I think just again, kind of circling back what you're describing moving to Chicago is sort of, I think how, we all are feeling right now. It's like, Mm. oh yeah, of course, everybody in the world is panicking about this. Of course, now I've lost my job. Of course. Like it isn't funny, but it feels just like, yep. uh, Okay. That, that checks out. This is just like the worst (laughs) month on record. Yeah. Um, But I do, I do have that feeling in my heart where it's like, you know, from Joshua 24, choose this day whom you will serve. Like, okay, are Mm. you, are we, as Christians in America and around the world, are we going to keep on pretending like we believe something that has absolutely no bearing on our life? Mm. Or are we going to choose to lean into the parts of ourselves that believe and maybe even the parts that are doubting and to invite Jesus into that to really like change how we do things and how we operate? Because I do, I have this like feeling that, yeah, we're kind of being forced to decide really what our view of reality is. And if it's not informed by Christ and if Jesus is not the Lord of that, I think it's going to be more obvious in the coming months than maybe any other time that I've been alive. Maybe only, you know, 9-11 being the other date that stands out is kind of that moment of like, where is your, where is your foundation? Where is your treasure? Mm. And something about me is kind of excited about that. I mean, I just, even the motivation to like, okay, now we know who needs the gospel (laughs) instead of the, like, everybody's got a half gospel. Everybody's already heard it. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it anymore. Like, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunity available and we're going to see God do really cool things in our own lives. And in those places that we have maybe struggled with doubt. Well, I wish I I could talk more, but I think we're out of time again, Whitney. Um, Go so fast. So many good things to say. Ah, I feel like I covered so many things. I'm so excited about more. (laughs) I needed to let you just talk and listen more. So thank you so much, though. Gosh, this has just been such a a great. This conversation has been very encouraging to me. I'm sure it will be encouraging to our listeners. So thank you for your time and for sharing with us your design this month. And again, those of you who don't follow Scribble Devos on Instagram, you need to start following her. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Whitney. And God bless you. Thank you. It's really been such a joy to just collaborate with you guys and to be able to get a little bit more of a sneak peek and behind the scenes view of your mission and what you guys do. So 
Thank you. I'm super grateful. And yeah, just praying blessing over what you guys have ahead. Thank you. You too. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.